0: Hi everyone. This is Ronnie with Everything Virtual, and today, uh, just uh, following my trip to OC6, I have Blair Renault on on the the show with me today. I ran into him kind of as I was leaving San Jose, and luckily, I had been really interested in the game he's working on, and so we decided to connect and and record this interview kind of short notice. So. Uh, thanks, Blair, for for joining me on the podcast, and uh, yeah, I'm excited to hear more about Iris VR and the projects that you've worked on so far.
1: Cool. Thanks for having me. I just waved at my microphone.
0: <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, uh, yeah, I guess uh, just uh, to talk a little bit about what you've done prior to LoFi, which I'm sure is uh, a lot of people people right now are excited to hear more about. Um, you started Iris VR and uh, you released uh, a title called Techno Lust, which unfortunately I haven't had a chance to play yet, but I've heard amazing things about it. Uh, it, was, it was Oculus only, is that right?
1: Yeah, that's right. It was a, it was a really early title. Um, like we're talking, I think I started it late 2013 uh, when all there was was a, a DK1, and it was it was actually my first like solo indie game. I I hadn't even heard of Unity or Unreal before that. Um, so it was kind of like by the seat of my pants. It was very very Oculus centric. Um, you know the the Vive wasn't even announced for like it was I think it was almost two years mm-hmm. after after I started the game. So, yeah, and, and, and I just never really managed to, to port it to Vive. I mean, it, it works fine with Revive. I've mm-hmm. seen people do entire playthroughs on YouTube, so, yeah, it works. Uh, no,
0: that's amazing. Yeah, I, no, it was just interesting because, yeah, looking at uh, gameplay videos of Technolust online, I was just like, man, this is like something that I would have been super interested in. And just by chance, I think I was kind of a little bit focused on the Vive bubble at that point. So it was kind of hard to to keep track of stuff that was that was always being released in the, in the Oculus store. So, I mean, for a lot of our listeners who, uh, I I know we've kind of expanded to other headsets, but we, we started folk initially focused on the Vive, uh, people might not be familiar with your work. So, so that's kind of why I I thought it'd be a good chance to kind of talk about what you did with techno lust and, and what motivated you to make a a cyberpunk influenced game for VR in the first place. For sure. I mean,
1: That That's that's what VR was made for, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that, that, that was my first thought. Is that, you know, I, got, I got the DK1 and I, I put it on, tried what demos were out there at the time because there were no full games. And it was all not what I was expecting. There were, there were a few things that were kind of getting there, um, just like weird art pieces and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I was like, why? Like, where's the kind of cyberpunk holodeck that I was promised? Um, And it didn't exist, so I made it. (laughs) I tried to, anyway.
0: Yeah, Uh, and what was your back... Like, at that point in time, uh, what had you done previously in in the world of gaming and everything that kind of, you know, allowed you to, to bring your skills to VR?
1: Well, I... About maybe 15 to 20... No, maybe closer to 20 years prior to the DK1, I was working at Rockstar Games. Um, They have an office in Toronto here. Uh, From, I guess, it was about 1996 to 2003 or so, maybe 2004. Um, Yeah, I I was, you know, but this is like, a long time ago. This is DOS yeah. games. Um, I mean, we were just getting into like Windows at that point, um, Windows ninety five. <laughs> so yeah, it's you know I I guess that that skill set kind of transferred over. Um, kind of in in the interim between uh, Rockstar and VR, I hadn't done much much video game work at all. There was a uh, I did some levels for N++, uh, on PSP, um, and I was doing a lot of kind of everything else. I did uh, you know, visual effects for movies. I did flash web design like everybody else in the world um, who's in tech. I um, was a mascot, uh, security guard. I mean, <laughs> v- VR was kind of like like serendipitous, it was like it, it had you know, like at the same time I got a VR headset with money that I saved up from Second Life, I discovered that there were kind of out of the box game engines that you could license for cheap or free it. like, you know yeah, and uh, it, it blew my mind, I was like, holy you know, I can just, I can make my own game this is amazing, and so I, I did it.
0: Man, so, yeah, so so what, I mean, so so moving, you know, at that point, uh, like, what were some of the challenges early on uh, just to, to kind of find a way to make
1: your, your vision a reality? I think it was just kind of learning, you know, well, ev- everybody was learning about VR. I think a lot of people still are learning about VR and what works, what doesn't, but, yeah, at the same time, I'm learning how to use a, a game engine that I'd never used before, um, kind of everything at once, you know? Like, I spun up a company, ran a Kickstarter, um, had to do all the marketing, had to do, like, everything. Like, I, I, I basically learned everything you need to know <laughs> from, like, ma- making a, a VR title on my own, Um Luckily, there's there's a pretty good community of, of uh, early VR developers that I'm still in contact with, still talk to pretty much daily. Oops.
0: there's a garbage truck
1: outside, and my cat is scratching his scratching post. I hope. Meh, the it's is not terrible.
0: Yeah, I feel like they put up with a lot from as okay. far as far as our, <laughs> our our audio quality sometimes. So yeah, yeah you're no, good. Trying, you're good. Trying to
1: yell into my microphone as best I can. <laughs> um, yeah, so you know the. I'm still working with a lot of these these early guys that I you know I bugged for help um, from the beginning that maybe already knew the game engines or already were like kind of in more recent tech uh, or like programmers I'm not I'm not a programmer really at all mm-hmm. you know I'm, I'm kind of kind of learning and I do a lot of visual scripting myself but uh, but yeah luckily there's there's a good VR community to kind of Help me: Yeah, so,
0: so what was it that you really wanted to bring to Lust? Like, uh, it sounds like you know initially you just wanted to try to make something in VR. Um, but obviously, as, as you got further into development, I'm sure you started to have kind of more concrete goals in terms of what you wanted that project to be. Um, what did, I guess what did it end up becoming and how did that lead you to then decide that you wanted to make Lo-Fi?
1: Well, technology was kind of more um, just I wanted, like, a cyberpunk um, game. You know, like, maybe kind of like a point-and-click adventure Mm -hmm. I thought would work well in in VR. And, you know, like, kind of mood and art style and everything uh, turned out really well. But there were some things that, you know, after release I realized weren't really ideal um and you know like it's, it's been like what like almost six years now yeah since um and I think I've learned a lot about what I actually want from VR and it's not really a point and click adventure game mm. it's not really it's not really any kind of kind of traditional game um I try to I've been trying to kind of Talk about this and have it make sense where it's 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 more like a holodeck program or how we imagined a holodeck program would be than a traditional video game. So to me that means things like um just not frustrating the player, not not kind of you know getting them angry at a puzzle or, or frustrated. You know, you never saw anyone walk off the holodeck on Star Trek and flip a table or <laughs> throw a controller, go and and run to the the wall console and look for a walkthrough, right?
0: Or well, for that matter, it's yeah, get get stuck in the uh, on an in-game puzzle and and not be able to, you know, move yeah. forward. And what they were what they were doing,
1: right? Because that's not what the holodecks about. It's about kind of like empowering them to have this kind of fantasy, right? Mm. To to kind of like. You know, Picard wanted to feel like the coolest uh, noir detective. And, uh, you know, Riker wanted to be this jazz musician. I mean, he was already a musician. But, I mean, li- like, these are the... I-, I think, like, once you frustrate someone in VR, like, with a, with a terrible puzzle, they take off the headset and they never put it back on again. Yeah. You know, it's like, you, you got to kind of... It's, it's, it's not even about, like, making it really easy for them. It's about just giving them the option to to kind of do what they want to do in that world, right? And, and I think that's what you would do with a holodeck. You'd say, you know, computer, I want a kind of, like, Neuromancer, Blade Runner-esque uh, cyberpunk fiction, and then that's it. And then you walk in, and it's up to you what you do, right? Mm-hmm. But you're not, but you're not going to get uh, kind of hung up on on weird gamey mechanics, you know? I'm not, I'm not going to worry about dying. People, no one ever died in the holodeck. I'm not going to worry about like, yeah, getting frustrated at a puzzle or like getting stuck somewhere, not not knowing what to do next, right? I want, I want it to be up to the player what they do next.
0: Um, yeah, so
1: so it it sounds really wishy-washy and kind of like, you know, it's, it's really hard to explain, especially to other game developers, you mm-hmm. know, they're like, well, what's the core gameplay loop? And I'm like, well, that's up to you. You know, it's not, it's not really a gameplay loop. It's a, it's a place to do things. <laughs> yeah. And like, and like, there is a story, but it's not necessarily like, like save the princess kind of like overarching narrative. It's, it's, these are the crazy things that are happening in this world. Um, and there are things to discover and things to do that kind of have that, that overarching narrative attached to them. Mm-hmm. But it's not, it's not just like finish the game. It's, it's here's the world.
0: Yeah, and I, I feel like some of what you're kind of alluding to are things that I noticed in reviews and impressions of Technolust. Is that there was kind of you know there there is kind of the the central story in in that game, but it seemed like people were really impressed with a lot of the like little things here and there that they were able to just discover as they were going through the game. Yeah, and it, and it sounds like you're kind of double downing on what people like that that takeaway that people had with with Technolust, like the things that are really exciting about VR, those kind of little discoveries and and you know the things that just happen. Uh, as a result of of just hanging out in uh, a new and, and and unique kind of environment.
1: Yeah, no, that's totally right. Like like some of my biggest fans and like the craziest stories I've heard from Technolust are people just like, you know, I I fell asleep watching uh, an episode of Bits and Bytes in my apartment, <laughs> and I woke up still in the headset, and it was like, oh the, man craziest thing that ever happened to me or whatever
0: i I can i can tell you just like even like uh, like i said now i want to go back and play techno but uh i i got a chance to to boot up you know the the early build that that you sent over of LoFi, and yeah Mm -hmm. immediately once i booted it up there's something about what you've done with the visuals and the and the audio and just everything that it's a really really thick sense of atmosphere like it really like if there's one takeaway that I had just from the the early uh, build that you sent me, it was just that, yeah, the a very, very strong sense of place and very Mm -hmm. much like, yeah, I I felt like I was in in Blade Runner or or you know, like what I would imagine uh, it, it to be like is kind of how I felt. And and yeah, I'm 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 curious like what what have you kind of focused on so far to kind of get that feeling across.
1: I think that's just something that i'm good at <laughs> luckily it's like um you know i'm very concerned with that that that's that's the most important thing to me is that like uh well thank you also no <laughs> of course like, um, uh, like that's what it should be right that that's that's what vr is meant to be is like to instantly give you that that really good sense of of place of like oh my god, this is like a virtual world that exists outside of reality. Um, I think a lot of it has to do with just kind of a cohesive art style, mm-hmm. um, good lighting uh, and and sound. I mean, the, there's, there's things that are important in VR that aren't important in other mediums or mm-hmm. aren't as important, like um, positional audio, mm-hmm. kind of kind of um just just layout and design like having having things feel like it's it's real is kind of more about looking around once you're in there and thinking like oh if this were a real place there'd probably be like a a, a coffee cup or something on the ground here you know like mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of fit, filling out the space with with like grime and dirt and like lived in stuff like i'm notorious for taking a beautiful model that someone gave me and just just putting like dirt all over it because (laughs) like because nothing's nothing's clean right like Mm -hmm. you can as soon as you open your brand new iphone or whatever you know 20 seconds later it's got a greasy ear print on it and like 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 fingerprints all over the back of it and and you don't like consciously notice that grime Mm -hmm. um but it's important that it's there because if it's not, you feel like you're in this kind of like sterile computer world.
0: Huh. No, right. yeah, no, it, th- that all seems really accurate based on like, you know, the time I spent because like, yeah, like you were saying, like it wasn't one thing that I could pinpoint to be like, oh yeah, that's the thing that, that's convincing me that this is, this is a, a real place. It was like the mm. combination of all these little things, like even it, something you didn't mention, but something that, I, that, kind of, even, like, the animations of, like, the robots and, like, I don't know, there was just something to the way everything felt that felt authentic to me.
1: Thanks, yeah, it's a, it's a very important thing to me, it's, like, like mood, mood and style, right, mm-hmm. it's, like, um, some sometimes it'll, it'll start with, like, a song, and I'm, like, oh, this, like, I, I want to work from this, you know, and, and make, like, a, like, a, a place where this this music fits, or, or like, or like just, just uh, something else I do that is kind of weird is I try not to consume other kind of fiction while I'm working. Mm. So so that like, you know, if I want to make like a cool cyberpunk arcade, I don't go out on the internet and research arcades. I'm like I grew up in an arcade mm-hmm. and I. I've seen, you know, hackers and Tron and like, I have these kind of places in my subconscious. Mm -hmm. So I try to, I try to like bring that kind of like subconscious, like dream version out rather than trying to find, you know, like a, like a concept artist to make me this thing. Yeah. Um, And I think, I think that that works out really well. It's like, it's, I don't know. I think, I, I think you can kind of ruin your, your kind of vision of, of what these things should be if you kind of look into it too much, you know?
0: No, that makes sense. And, and I mean, from my perspective, just thinking if you, if you have that inspiration and you have those kind of, you know, the, if like you said, if you're good at this stuff, kind of mm. the last thing you want is to be pulling from other people. You want to pull from yourself. And I yeah, think exactly. that's, yeah, and that, that sounds like the perfect way to do it.
1: You know, I'm not. I'm not really pulling from myself. You know, so, like I had a a guy on Twitter just kept tweeting at me like, "Oh, this looks like Blade Runner, Deus Ex." Like he just <laughs> named a bunch of like cyberpunk stuff, right? Yeah, yeah. And it and and it took me like like five times of him tweeting this at me for me to uh, try and explain to him how culture and art work right <laughs> it's, mm-hmm. like, it's like yes that's right I'm like that's that's it's a genre of science fiction called cyberpunk yeah it's like we everything we do is built on like what came before us right it's like it's like these; those are my my like folk stories. That's my culture, right? Yeah. So that's, it's kind of just been
0: know, in, in, ingrained into you. So it's not like yeah. you're pulling from any one thing. It's like this is your idea of what a cyberpunk. That like that's yeah, that's what you're set out to create. Whether, yeah, whether it's from a specific place or not, it's it's something mm-hmm. that you've kind of ingested.
1: Yeah, and of course, like I'm going to directly reference those things because it's like. It's like calling out to my teacher, right, and saying like, you know, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be here without Blade Runner. So here's like a pretty obvious Blade Runner reference. Yeah. But, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know? And pe- people dig that also, right? They're just yeah. like, I think this guy just maybe. Didn't get it. <laughs> just doesn't understand art.
0: Man, so so so. I guess getting back to, I know it's not really the gameplay loop, like you were saying, but like, how do you? I know you just you don't necessarily know exactly what people are going to be able to 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 or what they're going to decide to do in your game when it's all mm. said and done. But um, what kind of systems or what kind of interactions do you like? How do you how do you create a world that? allows players to kind of do what they want.
1: I think that um, so the, this might be a gameplay loop. I'm, I'm, I'm thinking that what the kind of main driving force in reality is what the gameplay loop could technically be said to be in lo-fi, and that's money, right? Mm. So giving, giving people the option to do whatever they want it's easier when you attach kind of like a monetary value to it. Hmm. So a big thing that I've been thinking about lately is, is just stealing, right? So you can walk into any apartment, do whatever you want. And, and the first thing you're going to see is junk around this person's apartment, right? Be it hmm. whatever, uh, technology, drugs, whatever. Hmm. And you can steal that stuff if you want to, depending on if you're a good cop or a bad cop and sell it at the pawn shop, right? Hmm. Um, you can, in a conversation uh, with somebody who's maybe a criminal or not, I, w- I want to have those options that usually kind of only unlock during uh, in an RPG when you select certain traits, right? Like if you've got a high charisma skill or a high intimidation skill, I want all that stuff to kind of be unlocked. You know, so it's up to you when you have this conversation. Well, I'm gonna pull out my gun and intimidate this person, or I'm going to, you know, kind of flirt with them or whatever. Mm. Um, like the first thing I do in in an RPG, like something like Skyrim or something. Is is kind of cheat and unlock all that stuff, you know? I want, mm-hmm. I I don't want to miss anything. I want to I want to be able to do what I want to do in that situation. Mm. And it kind of makes it more like a like a real, um, like an RPG, like a pen and paper RPG, right? Where you can just decide. Okay, no, it's not about like which button I have to press. It's about what I want to do in this situation. And I think as as long as it's not one big Kind of quest, you don't really have to worry about branching as much and like things getting confusing. Mm-hmm. It's like no, th- this this character has their own motivations, their own story, like the character that you're talking to, or mm-hmm. like this this crime already has its outcome, right? Like this this person's dead in an alley or whatever. So it's 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 not as much a worry about about. Um, kind of weaving weaving all of these threads together it's more about uh in any given situation what what are possible things that somebody would want to do right and and i think like a lot of this gameplay um is going to be semi-procedural like there's going to be crimes that are happening all the time that are just kind of like randomly generated so like people hacking ad boards or, like, uh, traffic violations, right, criminals flying around that you can, like, find and stop, Mm -hmm. Um, so that stuff, you know, like, but the player doesn't have to do that if they don't want to either, they can Mm -hmm. just go and, like, hang out in the arcade or go to the casino and play the slots or, Mm -hmm. like, you know, uh, just search around and, and, and find cool bits of lore or collect music or like do whatever they want to do. Right. And I think it's a lot easier than, than it sounds, um, as a designer, you know, like I kind of touched on some of that in Mm Technolust, but I think the mistake was trying to make it too gamey, Mm -hmm. you know, like, like I I had somebody just give me a one star review the other day on Technolust and they were like, you know, this sucks. I got stuck on the stupid puzzle, and, like, they were angry. Mm. And I just straight up said to them, I was like, you know what, like, you're totally right, and I fully agree with you, like, and if I could go back and remove that puzzle, which is, like, the first thing in the game, mm. uh, I would do it, because it's it's not necessary. It's, you know, people were just happy to, like, be in that apartment.
0: Yeah, and, and, you like, that that puzzle kind of unnecessarily stopped him from enjoying the game. He was gonna, mm-hmm. he he was having lots of fun, and then, there, you know, for some people, they 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 get it right away. They move past it. They continue to play. It's like yeah. if you're one of those people that, for whatever reason, that didn't click with you, it's like mm-hmm. you wanted to keep going and you were forced not to. Yeah, yeah. And I think,
1: I think that there were a lot of reasons for putting that puzzle in for me. You know, it was it was half like, oh, I need to kind of get them used to the mechanics of VR it was uh kind of padding out kind of time you Mm -hmm. know like oh they're gonna have to spend at least 10 minutes in here or whatever uh it was trying to kind of force the story you know um because it was very linear it was just like okay well this is what's happening and if they miss this then they're not gonna understand what's going on Mm. but like screw that (laughs) <laughs> like like maybe they don't care you know yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> it's like uh, and and you know maybe I wouldn't have cared if I played it but I, I didn't I didn't think of that when I was making it so all of that stuff is in mind this time it's like no I have no idea what this person cares about I'm going to give them things that they can care about all over the place and just let them go you know
0: yeah from from a development standpoint Like, is, does that, is that a lot more challenging for you or is it, because in in some ways it sounds like, it sounds like it would be, but in other ways it's kind of freeing in terms of you can just focus on creating really cool systems and then, you know, you're not kind of obligated to necessarily like script as much as you were before.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think it's the latter because I can also call on other people. Right. I think it's, it's what they did with things like, um, like Skyrim right they build in these really good systems and then they get you know whatever it is 50 different mission designers Mm kind of quest builders and say alright here's the tool set go you know like I I won't be able to do that but Mm -hmm. I'll be able to at least maybe have you know two or three people uh, helping me out with that stuff we'll kind of have little meetings be like oh I really like this character or this area and I had these ideas for like what to do and i'll be like okay let's do that you know it's and it's getting getting the work done once all these systems are in place and everything isn't that hard yeah like aside from knowing uh or getting voice acting done um which is fairly cheap these days and you can get pretty good voice actors um yeah aside from that like animation and voice acting that's that's the expensive part
0: no, that's awesome. And, I mean, one of the things I know you're still working on deciding, like, I, I think part of what will determine kind of what systems you're able to ultimately implement will be kind of how well the Kickstarter does and and, and what stretch goals you meet and all that sort of thing. But um, I know right now one of the, the coolest additions is the fact that you are able to get around in an open world, that you actually... Uh, can to, can can fly, you know, around the city, and and that kind of opens things up on a whole nother level. I don't know if you want to talk a little bit about about that. Was that something that you had kind of always wanted to do and just couldn't do it until now, or kind of what what took you in that direction?
1: Um. Well, I mean, like you want it to be big and open, no matter what, right? Yeah. And, uh, I think. Uh, I started working on just, like, some really basic flying car stuff. Um, my programmer, Mark, was helping me out. Um, and then uh, I think Aircar came out around then. I don't know if you've tried Aircar. Have you heard of this?
0: I've, I've heard of it, but I haven't had had a chance to try it yet. I did see a lot of people kind of compare, like, or I don't remember. Somewhere I, I saw a reference when they were talking yeah. about Lo-Fi.
1: Right. So it, it's just a demo of just flying around in a car. It's, it's free. And it's, it's also kind of very Blade Runner-y. Uh, I don't know if it's Blade Runner-y. It's very, it, it's cool anyway. It looks really nice. And, yeah. Uh, but people spend hours just flying around, like doing nothing. You can't shoot anything. You can't do anything. Like, you, I think now you can land on landing pads and collect boosts, which just let you fly a little faster. Um, but... I was kind of inspired by that also. I was like, yeah, you know what? Like, people love doing this. I love doing that too. It's yeah. Just, so let, let's... I'm just going to start on my own, just making this world as big as I can and then see where it goes. And it uh, it, it just turned into what it is. Um, yeah, because that's, I
0: mean, that's another thing, like, besides just the mechanic of flying, I feel like putting yourself into, like, a new... I guess, a new environment. Like, in this situation, you go from just being a first person, like, just being a person in a cyberpunk world to being a person in a flying car in a cyberpunk world. Like, all of a sudden, it gives you this opportunity to focus on all of these new little details that that go with that experience that you wouldn't have been able... Like, I don't know. There's so many cool things, like, just atmospheric things going on when you're, when you're launching in the vehicle and, and just even... Be, even before you 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 get to really moving, there's so many things that are really like just awesome to experience.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, well, that's that's the plan. Yeah, <laughs> I kind of want to make it feel like, uh, like yeah, you really have this entire city kind of at your at your disposal, right? And and like trying to keep it really non-linear as well. You know, I don't I don't ever want it to be. I mean, aside from of course there will be crimes listed Uh, in your kind of crime computer at at the headquarters or dispatch might say like hey there's X crime is going on go go try and investigate I mean I don't want it to be just okay you're going from one place to the other and everything is locked until Mm -hmm. you you need to get there Mm -hmm. Uh, it's like there's no reason you can't just go straight from the police station that you start from to Chinatown or straight to the club district and just hang out. Uh, But I, like, I want things to be happening in those places. Right. Yeah. I want it to be like, like, I don't ever want it to be like, oh, I just flew all the way here and I got here and there's nothing going on. I mean, there should always be something right. Like whether it just be like a shop you can go into or like, yeah, there's always going to be kind of petty crimes, uh, Around and, and ways for the player to kind of make money, you know.
0: Yeah, and it, it, has there been any thought about multiplayer or anything like that, or is this too big? Like, what, what are what are your thoughts on on that
1: stuff? I mean, it's you know, it's it's crossed my mind, but yeah, it's, it's already pretty ambitious. It's um, really
0: it's crazy ambitious. The, the only reason I ask is just because, like, I, I didn't know how easy it is to. Like, just in terms of populating everything versus, like, dropping players in and all that kind of thing.
1: hmm I mean, I think what's m- more likely to happen is to have kind of a m- multiplayer spinoff or a multiplayer, like, down-the-line yeah. thing. Like a, like a kind of co-op flying mode thing. Uh, like, I don't know that it'll make much sense on the ground uh to be multiplayer it's not really designed for that right yeah like there's just so many problems that arise like okay so this person is is has called the police and you show up uh now there's two cops who's having the <laughs> conversation what's you know You know yeah I mean? yeah
0: it's confusing it's very
1: kind of clunky um to design that after the fact but you know that said, like th- there's things, people just want to hang out in the world. You know, maybe, yeah. maybe maybe down the line we'll figure something out where you know maybe there is only one cop and the other players can be just other people. You know, kind of tag along. Um,
0: no, right? Uh, yeah. No, even even just the way the the way you're you're setting about to design the systems, with the goal of you know eventually kind of expanding that out to lots of content that, that, that players can just go and experience on their, it's like super ambitious title. Um, with the Kickstarter and kind of how you structured everything, like what what are your yeah well, can, could you explain that a little bit? I, I did read your Kickstarter, so I kind of uh, recognize that there's like tiers from you know just basically purchasing the game in advance to like all kinds of stuff you know way out there um Mm. what are kind of I mean it looks like you've far surpassed kind of what you're what you were initially asking for um Mm. so so it's definitely been a success um but yeah what what are you kind of hoping now to to gain in these next couple of days before it ends and 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 what's the next I guess year for you looking like in terms of what you're gonna focus your development time on
1: that's a lot of questions. Um, <laughs> it really is. <laughs> I think. Uh, well, I mean, it's you. you say I've like far surpassed what I what I went for, and like technically yes, but this was this was always kind of the plan. I this couldn't have worked out more according to plan. Actually, I was okay. like, I'm going to go for sixty thousand Canadian. Okay. Um, and the goal was to actually get a hundred and I, I did a lot of time thinking about this and figuring it out and like deciding that this was probably the most likely outcome. And, you know, we're right at, uh, 101 right now with like what 20, 26 hours left. So I'm, I'm happy. I'm like, okay, this is enough to kind of keep me going for a year mm-hmm. and pay some freelancers to do some stuff know, like uh, code and art and thing, things that I need on the side. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, ideally, I was expecting more backers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're at like 1,556 right now. You know, that that's pretty close to what Technolust was, and that's odd to me because that was, you know, five years ago uh, when all there was was DK1. Mm. So I think... I think you know i was expecting we've got vive now we've got index we've got windows mixed reality we've got way more cv1s out there Mm -hmm. i was expecting more kind of people but Mm -hmm. i think i think what's happened is you know half the people are soured on kickstarter Mm -hmm. from backing bad hardware Mm -hmm. half the people are kind of still mad at me because i didn't port Technolist Vive. <laughs> <Because, laughs> uh, you know, I shouldn't laugh, because it's actually pretty, like, there's some angry people on Reddit about that. Mm. Uh, I mean, you're always going to have angry people on Reddit. but Yeah, yeah. Um, and then, I guess, a, a good majority of people just don't even think about Kickstarter. I think yeah. they're probably, you know, l- like, I was lucky in that Oculus Kickstarted themselves, so... You know, people were already hyped about VR and Kickstarter at the time, mm-hmm. and now, now it's just, like, people just don't even know what Kickstarter is. Why would I ba- back something on Kickstarter when I can just go to the store yeah. and get get a game, right? Yeah. on Steam, whatever. I don't think they, they understand that, like, indie VR development is, like, needs things like Kickstarter, because, yeah. like, these companies aren't paying for it, and I'd say 90% of Indie VR titles, the company makes one title and then dies because there's yeah. not enough of a market. Either.
0: Yeah, so. yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, if basically if you see someone that's that 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 has talent that's showed that they can make awesome products, and they they're pitching a product that you're excited to try to play, then uh, it's it's kind of a no-brainer from. Uh, The perspective of uh, of of making something like this happen because, like you said, it's not like these things just happen out of thin air.
1: Yeah, and and like I try my best to kind of help uh, alleviate any any worry. Right, like right away you get uh, access to kind of we'll call it an alpha. It's not a beta, Mm -hmm. Um, and you you get to kind of be a part of the process. Right, you come on into the Discord. Try the alpha, tell me what you think sucks. Tell me what you think would be really cool, right? And mm-hmm. it's like I think that that's a huge kind of value add, you know? Like if if I wasn't a game developer and I could like hang out with a game developer and like <laughs> kinda of influence a game yeah. that yeah. I'm playing, like that that's most people's dream, right? That that was my dream when I first started in video games. Well, especially
0: been, <laughs> especially VR and especially a game like like Lo-Fi because like I said, the way you're pitching it is very open, very systems driven and mm. at least at least what what I'm imagining is I mean the kind of Input that someone would have in a game like that is much like you're the kind of things you might potentially be Suggesting or nitpicking or affecting are things that will have like massive implications in the game. Mm-hmm. So it's not. Yeah, it's not like I didn't like the color of, of that. I mean, if you want to if you want to complain about the color of something, I'm sure that's fine, too. But like yeah. if, if there's something you want to do in the game that isn't necessarily like hasn't came to your mind but might just be a brilliant idea. That's a way that I would think, you know, it's, it's, it would be exciting to be able to, to put yourself in the position to impact a game like this.
1: Yeah. And it like, it literally happened last night. I was like, okay, we just hit the wolf companion stretch goal. Mm. And the next one I had on my list was like an AR mini game. Like, uh, like that would be like Pokemon go kind of thing. Um, and I was like, I went into Discord for LoFi, and I was like, you guys have any like crazy ideas for things that you'd like to see for the next stretch goal? Because like, I'd rather have something that everyone's kind of more excited about to, yeah, to yeah. kind of try and hit that next one. And people started talking. I was like, some other ideas I wanted to have, like kind of like a big casino where you could play games all day. Uh, which I want to have regardless, but it would be more like slot machines or whatever. Uh, and one guy was like, "How about like like robot fights where you could like bet on on fights between robots like boxing and like you can buy your own robot and upgrade them or whatever." And I was like, "That's amazing! Let's yeah. do that!
0: Yeah, he was like,
1: I want I want to do that." So that that changed the stretch goal last night. I was like, "All right, we hit ninety k American. We're doing." you know, robot fights, like like, real steel.
0: No, and that's what, when I heard about that too, it's like some of these kind of little systems that are just like one part of the overall game, like you could see yourself, if you really got into that, that could like be your thing in the game, you know? like Yes, yeah, totally. That, that's why you come. That,
1: that's that's what I want. I want people to like have a reason to come back, right? I want those nutso weirdos to just sit <laughs> in there and play, play slots for eight hours inside lo-fi, right? Yeah, yeah. Because they want to get enough money to buy a new car or whatever. Like, why not? That yeah. sounds, no,
0: and, sounds like fun. And like I said, just in the in the, the alpha build that I got to play, like, just the atmosphere and the tone and, like, the aesthetic, like, just the way you've designed things, it makes it enticing to be, like, it's not, like, it, it's different than just hanging out in in the normal world, right? Like, you right. do feel like, like you're experiencing something different. So... Like, yeah, that, that idea of hanging out in this completely different space, something that's kind of, you know, like, embedded into your being, your culture, like, from seeing all of these uh, sci-fi influences and all of that, like, I don't know, that that sounds super exciting, so sweet i hope
1: i hope more people think it's exciting yeah <laughs> in the next 24 hours
0: so 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 it does end in the next 24 hours right for for people that might be listening to this late like what what's the official
1: cutoff time and and day it will be october 2nd which okay. is tomorrow yep wednesday what? at 5 57 p.m Eastern Time so. okay
0: awesome so for anyone listening you know I we're gonna post this right away after we end this discussion so yeah if you're listening and, and you're at all interested uh, like like uh, Blair was saying you get a copy of the game you get to influence the game like you'll you'll go to the Kickstarter you'll see all the different tiers and stuff but there's like there's a, a, a lot of reasons to want to kind of be a part of this game uh, now rather than later on so sure So awesome. Well, um, thanks. Is there anything else? I mean, what's the best way to people, like let's say people do listen to this after the Kickstarter's already done. Um, Mm -hmm. What should people do then to kind of follow the game's progression and follow you?
1: Uh, Best place to find me recently is on Twitter uh, at Anticleric, A-N-T-I-C-L-E-R-I-C. I'm also fairly active on Reddit, less so these days. Um, oh, I'm going to do an AMA tomorrow on the Oculus subreddit just because oh. it's like the most popular VR subreddit uh, yeah. at, at 3 Eastern, 12 Pacific. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm super easy to find. If, if they want to not only follow the game, I'll probably put up a pre-order thing with the beta access as well. Uh, you just won't get all the cool rewards that you can get from from Kickstarter, but you can get you'll be able to buy into beta access with with PayPal or whatever. I'll I'll link that on the Kickstarter okay. probably in the next couple of days.
0: And then I should add because I I noticed this when I was playing the build you sent over, but for this is something that comes up a lot, like on the Index uh, Reddit, mm-hmm. for example, is you you are doing like you've already added like finger tracking support and stuff like that for the Index controllers, right? I, yep. uh, yeah. So. So yeah, that for for those listeners out there that do have indexes, that's something to kind of take note because not all games always support the, the controllers yet.
1: Yeah, we I wanna do some fun stuff with index. It's uh yeah, it's a, maybe this is something I should have put at the top of the Kickstarter, but it it, it natively supports all VR headsets, uh, PC based VR headsets. So that's everything on Steam, you know, your your index, your Vive, your your Odysseys, your whatever, <laughs> everything on Oculus, everything on Windows Mixed Reality, everything on, uh, like, the Pimax works, like, and, like, native support, so. Awesome.
0: Well, yeah, no, like I said, it's it's super fun, like, I'll read just being in the world that you've created, and I can't wait to kind of see what, you know, how the game develops over time and, and all the cool things that you're going to be able to do with it, so.
1: Awesome, Thanks.
0: Awesome. Well, thanks again for for joining me. And uh, yeah, we'll we'll catch up. I, like like you said, so people are able to play it now if they if they if they contribute to the Kickstarter, and then there'll be ways to to join the beta, like you were saying. Um, and then and then I guess as you get further along in development and uh, to the eventual like you know release date or whatever of the of of the the quote unquote final game. Uh, yeah, mm-hmm. we should be in touch so you can you can get back on the show and kind of talk about how things are going. For sure, that'd be great. So, all right, well, uh, for everyone else out there, thanks for listening and uh, yeah, take care.